Hi, I'm Andrew Begovich, and you're watching Eurotrips. Hello, and welcome to the Eurotrips podcast, where we now know who the finalists will be after Italy beat Spain and England beat Denmark with both games going beyond the 90 minutes. I'm joined by, at the moment, two very happy Englishmen, our series regulars, Ryan and Alex. How are you both? Doing very, very good, thank you. Very, very good. Shall we we explain why Naeem's not here? Yeah, if you haven't noticed, um, Ryan is here if you haven't heard him yet, Uh, but Naeem currently isn't. Yeah, Naeem, uh, Naeem, he is kind of here, he's in his house, but he's kind of got the shits, so he's just trying to get off the toilet. Um, (laughs) But he's been there for a while, so don't worry, he will be joining us midway through. Yeah, and um, hashtag pray for Naeem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um... Sorry, no, we're not going fast. We're not going fast, Andy. Muting to sneak. That's gold, Ryan. You're keeping that in. <laughs> oh god, I was speaking and my my throat was like really getting like oh, I could, my throat was ready to go, so it had to be done. Had to be done, but that was um quite unfortunate timing. Um. So yeah, the first semi took place on the Tuesday night, and it was po- probably one of the best games of this tournament, where Spain and Italy went head-to-head uh, with Italians taking the lead through an excellent Federico Chiesa goal before um, Alvaro, Alvaro Morata answered his critics with the equaliser with 10 minutes left of the game. But then he would unfortunately turn from hero to zero as he missed a penalty in the penalty shootout that followed, with um, Chelsea Jorginho getting a winning penalty with one of his... Um, Sort of regular unorthodox um, penalty techniques. Um, so yeah, I I, I, so I want to start on this game, and I want to say yeah, I felt that like Spain were unlucky in this game. I felt that they um, they they definitely deserved. In my opinion, I thought they were the better teams. I think they deserved to win, but I think at the same time, Italy won't care about that. And I think you have to sort of praise praise them for being sort of. You got to praise them for being having the best team in this tournament. In my opinion, say so they deserve to be in the final. If you look at the whole tournament overall the whole package and I do think that um yeah I think it would actually make a better game in terms of in the final as well so I do think for me I think Italy um yeah I, I think Italy were probably weren't the best team on, on the day but I, I they, they were for me uh deserved finalists overall mm. um but yeah um so going to see you guys as well uh in terms of one man who I'm who has backed Italy since the start uh we'll go yeah. to Brian first um, so yeah, what were your thoughts on the game? Did you think Spain were unlucky? Um, and um, what were your sort of thoughts on the Italy performance on 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 Tuesday night? Yeah, so <clears throat> unfortunately, I missed pretty much all of the ninety minutes for. Um, do you want to say the story, or George? No, the story? not particularly. Are we going to mention this? What's the not story? Partic- not particularly. I'll tell you off camera. Um, it made me very angry but anyway um yeah so i got i got back just in time for extra time and Mm. from what i'd read and what i'd seen on twitter there was several players who looked to have had a very good game i did watch some of the highlights i I felt that danny almo and pedri in particular were sensational and even for ele i felt um for me, one of one of my players of the tournament so far, Federico Chiesa, was very good again. Uh, Nicola Barella again was excellent, but mm. I kind of felt if it was going to ever go to penalties that Italy would win. 
just because Italy, I feel, weren't as nervous going to that stage. I feel like Spain done very well to get to the semi-finals, considering they are a team in transition. And yeah, obviously Spain don't don't have the greatest penalty record either over the you know the tournament and in the qualification leading up to the tournament as well. And you always felt that Morata was going to miss, unfortunately. Just he didn't seem confident at all. And you can, I think he's, a lot of the criticism that he's sort of been receiving, I think maybe got to him. But yeah, it's, it's one of them. And so like, it's, it's unfortunate that one of them had to go out because it would have made a great final. But mm-hmm. obviously one team had to go through and um, I'm glad it was Italy. And uh, yeah, they just, again, they seem to be able to handle everything at the moment. Yeah, Morata definitely, from what I've heard, sounds like he's been sort of, even before the game, he was sort of a sort of a target of the Spanish media. He seemed to be someone that a lot of Spanish fans, a lot of Spanish media were sort of on his back. Um, shout out, to, I will go to Alex in a minute, but I want to shout out um, Sergio Busquets. I thought he was excellent in the game. I thought he was, um, he rolled back the years with that performance. And I think mm-hmm. in terms of the game itself, I know where I work, there's a lot of people that don't like football. And there's a lot of people who actually watch the game and actually found it really enjoyable. So that shows how good the game was. Like even people who aren't football fans in my workplace actually watched it and actually really enjoyed it. So that just shows me how good that game was. Um, but yeah, Alex, um, we'll go to you because you did actually back Spain to make the final. So you were so close to your prediction. Um, what were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I, I thought Spain were a better team on the night too. I mean, they uh, Italy this tournament have won by playing through their midfield, which is gorgeous, like Ferrati, Barella and Jorginho in particular. But Spain shut that down. Like Dani Elmo on paper started up front. And usually when you have a player who's not a traditional striker start up front, he's automatically labelled a false nine. Like Havertz was called it a Chelsea, for example, when it's not the case. But Olmo was a, a complete false nine. There was times when he was between... He was like... The first midfielder after the centre-backs so was really good. But all I did was just help clutter midfield and Italy couldn't play through it. I think the, the, the Chiesa's goal was magnificent and it was a deserved goal. But Italy were quite lucky to go for on the night, I think. But as, as soon as it got to extra time and penalties, my God, they're, they're Chiellini, Boito and Jordi Alba. That was... Yeah. And most people... That's when most people knew it was over. Because And... But yeah, it was. I, I, Spain did really, really well when I was reading Marco and AS this morning, and the mood is generally quite positive to uh, Spain. There's still a few questions, like maybe if Ramos died, they would have got something out of it. But overall, it's a good tournament for Spain, and it looks like Enrique's built on something, building something pretty solid. Yeah, and I think um, Ryan touched on him. Um, Pedri has been one of the sort of younger sort of breakout stars of the tournament. I think he's been excellent, and I think they got a bright future with him in MS Field. And yeah, Danny Olmo really impressed me in that game. He was he was excellent in that game. I thought that it was unlucky for him that he was... Olmo Morata's one that gets talked about. Uh, Olmo was one of the ones that missed a penalty. And I think that, was, that wasn't that was really deserving of how his performance was. I think he his performance deserved to, for him to score in that shootout. So, uh, fair play. It's fair play to Italy. But yeah, I thought Spain were really unlucky. Um, now we're on to yeah, the game all wanted to talk about, um, where England reached their first major tournament final since 1966 after a 2-1 win over Denmark in extra time on Wednesday at Wembley Stadium. Uh, youngster Damsgaard got the opener from a, the first direct free kick of the tournament. 
before uh, the Danish captain Simon Kier got the equaliser through an own goal. Um, and Harry Kane scored the winner from the spot in extra time, uh, scoring the rebound after his penalty was initially saved by Casper um, Schmeichel. Boys, um, as the English people in this podcast, I want to start with you two first. Um, how happy are you to see England in the final? Oh, I am so happy to be to be bathing in the tears of everyone who is not English. I have never seen Twitter so rattled before. I've I've never got I've never got hate on Twitter before. But my God, I was people gunning for me because they were just like, it's a penalty, it's a penalty, it's not a penalty, it's not a penalty, it's not a penalty. England are cheats, laser, all of this, and all I can say is, right. Get, get, this is what my analysis is. There's no, there's no like in-depth tactical analysis like it was Spain and Italy. For this, it is quite simply like apparently Sterling like threw himself like dived when there was contact, and apparently it's the first time there's ever been a controversial decision in football ever. <laughs> it's just the whole thing is amazing. Uh, in fact, let me like before we go in, I, I just want to read out a tweet. Um, I received today from a, a Netherlands fan, uh, which I, I, I just found quite funny. Um, so I'll quickly get it up now. So I've been quite loud with uh, my my patriotism, shall we say? Uh, yeah. Not not you know not an EDL thing, but just like you know getting behind Southgate. And by the way, the scenes after the game with Sweet Caroline—that's like I'll never forget that. Um, but uh, yeah, I I tweeted something about it. Being probably not a penalty, but overall I don't care. And uh, a man called Frank um, was quite angry with me, and uh, okay. he he came he came in. Uh, so I'm trying to find it because there's been a lot of uh, commotion today, shall we say? Um, um, for those that aren't aren't who are only listening and not watching, um, Naeem has finally joined us. How are you, mate? <laughs> Mate, I'm all good. I'm all good here, mate. Been out for like uh, colleagues leaving drinks, but yeah, I'm all right. Oh. Well, I will. <laughs> I will. Uh, Naeem, I will quickly introduce them. So this is this is as an England fan who tweeted. Um, yeah, I tweeted a nice little thread about what football's coming home means to us, where it's just okay. basically basically an excuse to to scream uh, to scream and celebrate people. Um, a Dutch fan called Frank replied and said, I hope Italy break your heart and the hearts of dirty English. My joy. <laughs> that and the rest of the world. So so I quoted that and said, all right, Frank, how's the Czech Republic treat, treating you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he said, um, just a couple. He said, English are the worst in the world. We had an excuse for our loss. We didn't cheat. And we don't have scumbag fans. Um, and then I... I, I threaded him an article where like Netherlands fans had like vandalized an ancient fountain in Italy um, <laughs> and then yeah then he spouted a bit more and the last thing he said was something like oh you, you guys flopped it you guys haven't been good this year the last time you, you failed Nations League in Portugal we failed you've got that too I stand by my argument you're an onion so I just quoted it and said ratio but it was <laughs> they're, they're rattled that's the no. that, that's my point of the game so he's used the Nation Leagues as a sort of like a, a reason to, to have a go in England. The, the I, Nations League, one of the most pointless tournaments ever created. Yeah. In fairness, if I got knocked out by the Czech Republic, I'd be I'd be losing my mind too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was disappointing. I mean, they, yeah, that, that was bad. Do you know, um, do you know what, do you know what it, the, that England game was like? I mean, Andrew, you can't relate because you're already out, but 
Do you know what it was like? It was like it, 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 <laughs> I, we haven't got a fan who can relate, but supporting England, it, this is what it must feel like to support Man United. Like you just get dubious calls, and you just have that. Like, you just feel a wrath come towards you. This is what it must be like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Varches, United fans, let us know in the comments. You know what what it's like, but um. But yeah, I, I want to go to you two as well, Naeem and, and Ryan, about this one. Um, how happy are you with that England final? How how good was it on Wednesday night when England when England won that game after so many years of of pain? Mm, it was. I'm not going to pretend to be ecstatic and over the moon because I'm not the most uh, passionate England fan in the world. Obviously, I wanted to see them do well. I don't really like international football that much, but I'll give them credit. They've done really well. I thought both of them and Denmark both played well. Um, again, Denmark were incredibly unlucky, but to the people to the people that moan that about England's you know penalty decision and all this other rubbish, you know they need to look further back and things that have happened against England in previous tournaments. You know, so there's obviously. Exactly. There's two or at least three or four, you know, key things in different tournaments you could look at. So for those people, you know, they can go and eat a dick. But um, <laughs> in, in terms in terms of the game itself, um, I did think them. I think if it would have went to penalties, I could have seen Denmark win. Um, I think the pressure would have got to England a bit more than maybe it would have to Denmark. But again, I thought Denmark as well were very gracious and very respectful afterwards because if it was Italy or Spain or or France, you know, the players would have been going mental, the manager would have cried, you know, they, they would have all been going ballistic. But credit to Denmark, like, they didn't cause too much of a fuss about it. But, you know, one thing I do want to mention as well, I see Jamie Carragher. I, I, I really like Jamie Carragher as a pundit. Oh, careful, though. I, I don't know any slander of Carragher. Careful it's, what not, you say. It's, not, it's not so much slander. I mean, he put an article out calling Raheem Sterling and Harry Kane streetwise. Now, <laughs> I, I really like Raheem Sterling. Obviously, I'm not a big fan of Harry Kane, but I wouldn't call it. It's not streetwise. It's cheating at the end of the day. Like, if you're simulating play, if you're diving, if you're trying to win a foul or a penalty or trying to get an opponent sent off, it's not nothing streetwise about it. It's, it's you know, it's cheating. And, you know, foreign players in the Premier League get, you know, major criticism for, the, for this and they have done for many years. So it should be the same for the English players as well. So, but, but no, yeah. For an open question, because I found this interesting. What Was it as bad as Immobile? No, no, because Thank I you. think, I mean, for me, I think with the fact that I think these days people are getting criticised for not going down. I mean, so many times, I mean, I watch Liverpool games, a lot of fans watch their teams all say, he should have gone down there, he should have gone down there. That's that's unfortunately the way the game's gone. That's unfortunately sort of a modern viewpoint of it. And I think that if Sterling hadn't have gone down, if he'd been honest and stayed in his feet and then hadn't got a penalty, then we, they lost, we lost some penalties. Then Marcus called in the last minute to win the game. Um, every England fan will be going off. Sterling should have gone down for that penalty. Sterling should have done this. So I do think that um, whilst I don't think it was, it wasn't a penalty. I, th- I don't think it was a penalty. At the same time, 
every team who reaches finals have luck along the way. I mean, Italy didn't deserve to win that game on, on Tuesday. I mean, Liverpool, when we won the league, we had them a lot of times we had VAR go in our favour when maybe it shouldn't have. So I do think that throughout time, throughout football history, most tournaments, uh, whether that's club or international, the winning team has some luck along the way. And England's luck came in this game. So I do think that even without the penalty, they were the deserved winners. I do think that they were the better team overall. I think Denmark did tire um, towards the end of the 90 and an extra time. So I do think that even if there's a penalty there, I do think England would have gone on and scored and won the game anyway. And I think they were the deserved winners. So I do think that, um, yeah, so I, I think that I have no real problem. Even though I don't think it was a penalty, I have no problem with that because England were, were for me, the better team. Um, I, I want your thoughts, Naeem. I mean, you and Alex both live in London. Uh, did you go at all during these celebrations in, in, um, in London? Um, unfortunately, I didn't because obviously I'd work the next day. But yeah, yeah, no, it's it's it's, a, it's well, first time in pretty much most people's lives in England that we've got to a semi-final, and um, yeah, it's, it's I don't know, I don't have to feel really to be fair. Like it's just the the mood, the mood in London was crazy. I'll give I'll give my thing. I I um. I'd actually gone to uh, the cinema. I'd been booked in for ages with my girlfriend. I couldn't drop out, so I missed the first like half of the game, and then I watched the rest of it through the window of a club, <laughs> right through the window of a club at a TV uh, with my girlfriend and her sister, joined by about sixty others, like just on the street <laughs> watching it through. <laughs> and 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 you, th- you, you like it was literally out of a film, and you th- and in my head I was thinking like. Because no one was really talking. You think, oh, when England win, it's just going to be dour. England won. Everyone on the street just got mental. You walked out. I, I walked down. I walked back home, which took about twenty-five minutes, and I, I just random people came straight up to you. Football's coming home, mate. It's like it's coming home back to you. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's like a new language. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I couldn't imagine what that's like. I mean, I mean, I've I've been out in Cardiff when Wales have won the Six Nations, and I've won. Or even when they've just been in England, I've been in Cardiff and when Wales have won big games, and that's the biggest thing I've had in terms of like the whole place of being absolutely buzzing. I think I thought I think I went out I went out in Cardiff the same night Wales beat England in the in the in the World Cup in England, and um and yeah I think that that's the that's something I reckon mm. was probably the same as what happened this week, but this week probably on a on a much much larger scale. Um, so yeah, fair, fair play to you guys, really, really good. I'm glad you won that game. So, um, so yeah, and in terms of as well, you look at obviously, um, like you were saying about not knowing how to feel. I remember the same thing when we won the league last year. I think that something that's not happened for so long, or even in my lifetime or in your lifetime, I think that it's that, it's that factor of set of setting in, of actually it's sinking in that it's actually happened. And I think that it probably will sink in more for you guys on the Sunday when you see your team, you know, lining up in a tunnel. Seeing the, seeing the trophy, you know, in between the two teams as they walk out, seeing all the fans. I think that will that will be when it really sinks in for you guys. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully you get the win on Sunday. That'll be really, really good to see you guys win that. Um, but I want to also praise Denmark. I think that anyone who, who listens to this podcast regularly will know how much I was um, in favour of Denmark, how much I said I thought they were going to do well, how um, what, what I thought of Denmark. And I do think that you have to really praise them for not only Brissy. Horrible incident the first game with the Ericsson Ericsson incident. And that's something that will take a lot. Well, a lot of teams wouldn't get over. And I think even the game they lost second time round, they had 
they really didn't deserve to lose that game. And then the fact they've gone on, lost the first two games, they've gone on to get to semi-final, uh, where most games they were underdogs. Um, it's, it's really impressive. And I really got to praise, first of all, the captain, Kier, for how he sort of captain this side, um, the manager, uh, for how he sort of galvanises this team together. The fans, I mean, the fans were excellent in all the games. They really came out in force and they were, they were amazing sort of behind their players. Uh, people like Damsgaard, people like, um, even people like Casper uh, Dahlberg, who, who only came in because of an injury and he scored quite a few goals. Um, people like Melo on the left, he was excellent. Um, Larson on the right, he, I think the whole team's have been excellent. I think they've been real breath of fresh air and I think they were a lot of people's second team. So I just wanted to praise Denmark and how how they overcame such a horrible incident, which not many teams can really relate to, and to get how far they how get how far they did is just something I think was excellent. I think they were a ma- massive um, credit to their country and to their you know to everyone involved with them. So yeah, fa- fair to Denmark, but well done England at the same time. Right, the moment of truth. We are now on to the final. So uh, obviously it'll be it's the England final on the Sunday at annoyingly 8pm, which is a strange time for a final, because normally they're on about half four in the afternoon. Um, but yeah, I want to get your thoughts on this game, guys. Um, we'll, st- we'll do predictions at the end, but I just want to get your sort of views from everyone about maybe a player you think is going to stand out um, that's going to be crucial towards this game. Um, so I'll go one by one. Um, I want you to name me a player that you think potentially that you think will be sort of the the, the key factor of this game. So I'll go to Alex first on this one. Um, so give me a player you think will have a huge impact on this game on Sunday. Oh, mm. I guess a key player to look at will be Mason Mount. I think because there's there's a flip side to this. So I think if he plays uh, to his fullest, he could be very good at overloading the Italian midfield with a similar way to um, what happened with England. Uh, what happened? Um, with Spain against uh, uh, Italy, and also in a similar way to Chelsea did against Real Madrid, like Mount dropping back into midfield. And he's less about his attacking habits, just more his work rate. It would be very important to shutting down Italy. But also on the flip side, I've got a sneaky feeling he might be benched. It's only because uh, what I've noticed, what we're going to go with Gareth Southgate, he's got a plan and it's very meticulous. I don't know if he starts Mount purely because Jorginho is on the other side. And, like, it's, I mean, I have no idea about this, but perhaps there's, like, that small percent in your brain that thinks, going to get your own club teammate, like, so, like you likely to go in hard. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's something to back up. Maybe there's not. But maybe Southgate's considered that and he's thinking of putting someone else in. I don't know what you guys think on that. Yeah, and I think, I think Mount, we saw in the Champions League final about how crucial Mount can be. And I think that um, we saw that pass he made to have it. I mean, that shows the kind of pass he has in him. And I think that um, doing something similar can maybe unlock this Italian defence. And I do think that, yeah, I think I think he's an excellent player. And I think if he starts, I think he will have a key role to play in this game. But yeah, I, I don't know whether he will start. I think uh, he's pretty much guaranteed to start Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips. Um and I, and I can't say Jack Reader starting. I think he's done so well off the bench. I think it'll be. I don't think Southgate will change this. So yeah, it probably will be Mason Mount, unless he goes surprising, goes Phil Foden. I don't know. 
But um, yeah, I, I know what you're doing, Alex. Yeah, I, I've, just, I've just clocked it. I've just clocked it. Um, you bastard. <laughs> for, the, for the audio listeners, I was counting the number of times Andy said, "I think." I got up to seven before he noticed. Absolutely savagery. Absolutely, absolutely savage. You know, what? I've been trying all podcasts to stop that as well. And it's just. I, I you got, do you know, Andy? You, you, you're too nice. You've got to say things with conviction. You're, you're leaving it open ended. You, you'll say, I think Mason Mount will be good. you got to go, I, I, like, Mason Mount will be fucking great. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, I, I, can't, I can't determine whether he's going to start or not. That's my issue. If it was, I mean, I'll get onto my player later on who I think is going to make an impact, but I, I just I don't know whether, because Mount's not played every game. I know he had the COVID thing. Um, see, I'm, I'm just can't say. Hand on heart, hundred percent. He's gonna, he's going to start this game. So that that's what about why the rest I'm of the guys? Has... Hmm? So what about the rest of the guys? Yeah, what do you think? Um, I mean, I I personally feel Federico Chiesa really will be the one to watch. He's had a great tournament and looks to be really on it at the moment. And yeah, I don't think Mount will start. I feel like he's going to go back to a conservative approach and play sort of a five defenders kind of thing. And then Rice and Phillips in midfield, which I think personally would be the wrong choice to make. They've looked so good in the last sort of two games, playing the attacking way and utilising the talent that they've got. And to go back now would be the wrong thing to do. But we'll soon see on Sunday. But yeah, Chies is my player to watch. And then um, someone I think will have a big impact. I was thinking maybe someone like Jorginho, but I'm going to go for um, Lorenzo Insigne. I think he um, is, is, is been ex- a really good tournament. I think that he... I don't think uh, England have faced a lot of players that are like him so far as tournament. I think he does a great job of sort of getting at players and sort of uh, these powerful driving runs on, on, the, on the left-hand side. So I do think that he will be a real test for this defence. I mean... Um, I've been really impressed with how well the unit people like Maguire, John Stones, Carl Walker have all played in this England team so far. But I don't think they've played someone like Insignia yet. I do, I do feel that he is going to be someone that will have a big impact on this game. So I, I feel that um, Insignia will be the man to watch in this game, um, and then Jorginho a close second. Um, finally, Mr. Page Naim, uh, what are you going to go for? Who's your crucial play in this game who's going to stand out um i think the battle will be won in probably midfield because mm-hmm. you know obviously italy they've got a variety what's what they got they've got a variety Jorginho and barella that were uh, played in the last game but when you, when you compare them to like obviously declan rice and um calvin phillips obviously they're decent midfielders but if you want to progress the ball like further up the, the field they're not really gonna do that, so I think that's where like a like uh Gridish would, would come in handy. But I reckon Southgate he'll probably just um stick with the last team as uh Denmark and probably to go the same as that. But I think I think I think it'll probably be a variety in the midfield that will probably be like the biggest test because uh England's defense is pretty is pretty solid to be fair. You know they haven't really been tested too much, but I think obviously with Italy they do like to obviously keep onto the ball quite a lot. So I think the, I think the battle will probably be 
one in midfield, to be fair, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. I think that midfield battle is going to be massively important. I think that's going to be one of the key battles that I think in this game is going to be that midfield. I mean, look at how Rice and Phillips are going to deal with Barella, Verratti and Jorginho. And I think um, as well, it's interesting how how Kane and Sterling are going to, how Chiellini and Bellucci are going to mm. do, do against um, Kane and Sterling and vice versa. Um, so we are now reaching the crunch time of this podcast, the big money moment. We are all going to give our predictions for the final score. And I'm going to make it a bit different, add a bit extra spice to this, this prediction. I'm also going to do um, who's going to score the first goal of the final. So I'm going to go first, purely because I did this in work today. I'm going to go with 2 1 Italy, and the first goal score is going to be Leonardo Bonucci. Who wants to go next? Any takers? No, someone else first, no. please. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, you. you're all bottled up, <laughs> <of> you. <laughs> I don't mind. Uh, go on, mate. Yeah, so what, what I, I think 1 0 Italy, mm-hmm. and I feel like in my play. You hate your country, right? Well. Sorry? You hate your country. <laughs> well, I've, got, I've gone against England in every game this tournament so oh, yeah, far, no, and it's, it's, it seems to work. It seems to work, so I'm going to stick with that. So who's, yeah. going to, who's going to score the goal? Immobile, you said, didn't you? Immobile, yeah. Fair enough. Um, who's next? Who's next to um, enter the cauldron? Who wants uh, to go next? Go Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> I think Cole Peter Parker. What are your spidey senses telling you? My spidey senses are tingling. Um, I think it'd be a proper close game, but I want to say England with my heart, but I think Italy will probably will edge it. Um, I know I know what the pressure will probably be on them anyway because you know they've been unbeaten in what is it thirty three games now? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, something crazy like that. Incredible. But, I think I'm going to go the same with Ryan, really. 2-1 Italy. And you well, you said um, goal scorers as well, didn't you? Yeah, so I, I'll say Ryan went for 1-0 Italy, uh, Immobile. I've gone for 2-1 Italy, Benucci for scorer. Um, I, think, well, I think first goal scorer for England, I think England will um, score first. But I, I think it'll be Sterling again. Mm. I think he'll score. Yeah, I mean, I've done it with a lot of people in work. I mean, a lot of them albeit aren't football fans on a regular basis, but I think most people have have put either Sterling or Kane down. Yeah, there's only people that have been scoring for England anyway, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, they are probably the two, two yeah, they're probably the two favourites of sports personality of the year, aren't they, as well, if you look at Nessie Olympics, just something, but, um, but yeah, uh, right, Alex has been holding off the whole time on this conversation, <laughs> but it's finally time for him to make his decision. Oh, I knew who I knew who was going to win. Of course, it's England. I was just figuring out who would score. Of course. Um, uh, yeah. I, I, um, Joe, I was looking actually. Here's a fun thing. Uh, regardless who wins, I think what will happen is either the game will be decided in the first 45 minutes or in extra time, which is generally what's happened in every European, every international final since I think it was like 2006. Like the goal is either scored in like the 108th minute. Or there's two in the first half and it's like you can kind of sense where it's going. With England, my goal scorer is going to be John Stones. Ooh. Because, right, there's a little bit of black magic here. Um, England haven't been good from corners. Uh, well, it hasn't, come, it hasn't come through yet, which is odd because that's usually their strongest suit. 
And I think it's I think it's building up. We're going to see something come through. And John Stone scored four goals last season for City at club level. Mm. And I think if England scored from a corner, I don't think even Maguire has already got his goalless tournament. So I'm back in Stones. That's who the odds are gonna are gonna say. And uh, I'm gonna go England in extra time. Yeah, I mean, Stones was a great option for me on on FPL last year. He was, um, yeah, definitely. Him and Diaz were excellent for me in that, in that in that season. Even though I lost heavily in all my leagues, they were still fairly impressive. So yeah, that does conclude our podcast for this week. Be sure to check out our podcast next week where we will review the final, also giving our um, team of the season, team of the tournament, as well as our looking back at our predictions we made at the start of the tournament. Oh God, well please no. <laughs> I mean, mine, mine aren't much better. Mine aren't much better, to be honest. I got one stinking one coming out. I think, I don't know whether you remembered one of my ones, but it's an absolute stinker. So um, that's, I'm not looking forward to. But yeah, we also, we're going to do some more, maybe some alternative awards as well. We're going to try and do some funny awards as well. So yeah, please look, check out our next podcast, which will be after the final. Um, so yeah, look for, enjoy the game on Sunday, everyone. Enjoy the match. Hopefully England win. And yeah, we'll see you next week. Ladies. Yeah,